Welcome to Great Commission Conversations, a program where we engage in conversation with Bible-believing Christian workers who are serious about getting the gospel around the world. I'm Lee Cadenhead, missionary to Zimbabwe, Africa, sent out of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee, and your host for this Great Commission Conversation. On today's program, we pick up precisely where we left off last time, recounting how the Lord's dealing with Cody concerning African missions dovetailed with the Lord's work in my own life, forming a missionary partnership for the country of Zimbabwe. I hope the program will be a blessing to you. Now for part two of this two-part interview with Brother Cody Rich on our missionary partnership to Zimbabwe. So I knew, I knew, of course, we, we had enough uh, in common, enough interaction at that stage that, that you are aware of my interests in Africa, it, just in terms of I'd visited uh, Zambia in 2008 and 2009. Um, I had just taken uh, trips to here to Zimbabwe in 2016, 2018. So we had talked about that some. And I was aware, of course, that you had South Africa on your heart. I knew that you'd taken a trip there. So uh, I was looking to take another trip into Zimbabwe and uh, mentioned to you, I mentioned it to Brother Ron first, but I mentioned to you, hey, look, once you, uh, once you think about, it's in the same region, once you think about coming to Zim with me and it would uh, be an opportunity for you to get some exposure to um, some folks that, that would just maybe broaden your horizons and thinking about missions I, I was coming to see Jeffrey Porter, who is uh, a veteran missionary here in Zimbabwe and spent um, many years in South Africa prior to that. And it would have been, op- I, I, mean, I think I mentioned to you at the time, that it would be an opportunity. We're going to be that close. Maybe we could make a uh, make a trip down to South Africa and give you another opportunity to, yeah. to uh, sort of spy out the land. So um, the plan was to go in... Summer of 2020. Wasn't that right? Yeah. Of course, if we had gone in summer of 2020, we wouldn't have gone in summer of 2020 because nobody went anywhere around the world in the summer of 2020. Yeah. So, (laughs) so yeah, that, that dovetailed well into what I was praying about because I was praying about when, when to pursue. I, I felt like deeply in my heart that God wanted me to go to South Africa. And so, um, I, I was praying hard about that and I was struggling with it. And you preached a sermon one night out of James chapter one on if, um, if you need wisdom, ask God. Yeah. And so I, I began to pray that and I was like, Lord, uh, when, when do you want me to, I, I feel like in my heart right now, you want me to go now, but, but when do you want me to do this? And so <clears throat> that was on a Wednesday. You preached that on a Wednesday and I began praying that. And I show up to church on that Sunday morning, and Brother Ron gives three words in his Sunday school lesson. And the first one is go out of Matthew chapter 28. And so I'm like, okay, Lord. Um, yeah, uh, that's there. So can't, my wife's vehicle uh, had a problem. I'm driving to a junkyard in uh, Ashland City, which is in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I'm listening to my Bible, Alexander Scorby, on, uh, and. This this passage comes across where God is telling uh, Moses to go to the to the to the elders of Israel, 
and that word go just just pops out there in in Exodus three sixteen. And uh, and so yeah, that then we you you brought that up to me. We began discussing that. And for some reason, the trip got moved up to January, or the, the first of that year. And uh, yeah. I know the reason God done that. And so the trip got moved up. We were able to go. And uh, yeah. So I, I've related on the podcast before how the Lord did some very unexpected things for me on that trip in 2020. Because I, I went to be a blessing to Brother Porter. I went because I loved missions and I loved Zimbabwe. I had no intention or, or, or ex, I had no expectation that the Lord would deal with me about coming here uh, at some future time. Um, but you, I think you could say, I think you could say the same yeah. about Zimbabwe. So what happened in your heart on that trip that maybe uh, tilted things in a bit of a different direction for you? Yeah. So my mindset coming to that was not to come to Zimbabwe. <laughs> right. It was uh, my focus was on South Africa and looking for housing and looking for uh, prices of things, how much it would cost to live there, things of that nature. And so I'm on the airplane and um, I'm in my cyclic Bible reading that I'd started when I was 18 years old. I'm uh, I'm probably, what, 29 at this time. So we're talking about 11 years there. And I'm on the plane, and I know I'm supposed to preach in Mount Salinda. Brother Jeff has me slated to preach in, in Mount Salinda in a couple couple days after we land. And I get stuck in Nehemiah chapter 6. And uh, you know how it is. If, if you're there, you start running the references. God starts showing you something. And my Bible is full of notes. I, I'd, I'd made notes all in my Bible. And uh, I remember Brother Jeff picked us up at the airport. And uh, we're driving, and I'm in the back of his truck on the tailgate. And I and I tell myself, I was like, Lord, I'm very thankful I'm not coming here. <laughs> and uh, so we get there, we get settled in, and uh, that's a Saturday. We're we're going to church that Sunday, and I'm preaching. You're you're preaching in uh, Daisy Hill, I think. And I sat down to make sense out of what God had done in the plane. And uh, in Nehemiah chapter six, and nothing makes sense. <laughs> I've been there too. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, Lord, what is the deal with that? And so, um, you know, I just discard that. I go with the sermon that I, that I was going to preach, uh, anyways. And so we go to bed that night. I'm getting tormented by the mosquitoes. <laughs> I can't hardly sleep. And so I'm up at probably two in the morning, and. Uh, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, uh, you know, I feel like you want me to go to South Africa in my heart right now. I said, Lord, if you want me to come here, I'll come here. Just make it clear to me. And uh, I wake up that morning, open my Bible up to Nehemiah chapter 7. And uh, it says, now when, the, uh, now when Nehemiah had set an order, and he talks about the people he had set an order, and it says he had set an order the porters. <laughs> And so we're on this huge spherical globe. We've traveled all the way from Nashville, Tennessee to Chipinge, Zimbabwe. And there's a man here by the name of Jeff Porter. <laughs> and uh, so so God, I, I say, okay, Lord, uh, maybe that's a coincidence. I think, I think Porter shows up in the Bible maybe 30 times. But 
I'd started my Bible reading since I since I was eighteen, and God brought me to this to this verse. It has porters at this time uh, when we're there, and that's that's not a coincidence. But nonetheless, um, you know, I asked the Lord. I'm I might get in. I was like, Lord, I need something else. So we go up to Mount Salinda, and uh, I'm I'm preaching. Brother Jeff takes a Sunday school lesson, and interestingly enough, his Sunday school lesson is from Genesis twelve one. <laughs> and uh, I just remember sitting on that bench uh, back there, a little almost dazed. Uh, Lord, wh- I th- I thought you wanted me to go to South Africa. I was like, what's the deal with this? But I remember sitting on that bench thinking, this is. Uh, this is real. I was like, this, this in Nehemiah chapter seven, and this is not a coincidence. Uh, God took one verse there, and He took the one verse that God dealt with me about to rekindle my in my heart about foreign missions. He has this man preaching on this verse on this day, <laughs> and so uh, you know, we come back. I begin to obviously, I I didn't discuss any of this with you. I think I told you the story, and you just laughed. And and I didn't put you, any pressure no, on you no, about Zimbabwe. No. I, I never really. You never that. done that. And so I get I get back home, and I actually I go and uh, I, you know I talk with Brother Ron about it, and uh, my prayer was answered. COVID happened, and so nobody done anything <laughs> for a while there, and um, but during this time. Uh, I'm praying about God to to give me confirmation in one more area. So, so um, yeah, we'll come to that. I, I, it, it is it, ju- just because that my story and your story overlay um, in in some really meaningful ways along these along these lines. Um, this is at the same time that in 2020 we drive through the city of Mutari, and my heart is stirred this beautifully situated city that needs a Bible-believing church that's strategically located by my by my calculations for the advance of the gospel in this part of the world. And I'm actually praying, which I did not. I wouldn't have dared told you this, but I'm actually praying, Lord, call Cody here. Lord, bring Cody here to start a work. And then we did go to South Africa on that yeah. trip, of course. Yeah. We we actually made a trip down to see a veteran missionary uh, in Pachestrum, Brother Mike Flick, great missionary down there, spent a bit of time with him. And then because you were interested in Cape Town, we made a short trip down to Cape Town and uh, did some uh, public ministry down there. And that's when I'm preaching on the street at a bus stop and engage some cab drivers, some taxi drivers in a gospel conversation and uh, turns out they're from Zimbabwe. So yeah. again, some of those <laughs> yeah. um, not so coincidental seeming coincidences that are that, that are the Lord nudging me in this direction and, and you had some of those things uh, going on in your heart as well. Um, so we, we've, uh, we've come back to, to our return to the States um, COVID was such a strange experience for me and, and I, for, for many people, but I went from having a lot to do to, to very little to do. The Lord's teaching me some things. 
and you're grappling with some things as well in your heart about yeah. your about your deployment and missions. Yeah, so obviously I'm trying to work through um, South Africa and, and Zimbabwe and and um, and to get to, to understand in my heart why God done the the thing with Nehemiah chapter seven and Genesis twelve one uh, in in Zimbabwe, and so. Really, the uh, I, I began to pray that God would raise up someone out of our local church to come labor with us. And uh, I, t- I told the Lord, I said, uh, you know, I'll go. I'll do this. But this really would help me if you would answer this prayer for me. And I wasn't praying for you and Miss Kelly. I was praying for another, sure. another family in our local church specifically. But uh, God answered that prayer through you. I I, I still remember um, my <laughs> wife and I are sitting there, and I I don't I don't have this the the gift of discernment. I don't claim to have that, but something in my heart told me that you were going to Zimbabwe, and I still remember sitting down telling Cammy. I said, "We really need to pray about this." I said, "Brother Lee and his family they're going to Zimbabwe." And she's like, you're crazy. Nobody knew that at the time no. outside of Brother Ron. No. And uh, I'm I'm painting my house, the second house that I that I was working on building. And uh, I still remember you called and you said, hey, uh, you got a minute. I got something to tell you. <laughs> and you come over there and tell me that you were going, y'all were going to Zimbabwe. And uh, God, God answered my prayer. <laughs> yeah, just clears the bell. Yeah. Amen. So you you at that point were you uh, were you pretty confident that uh, this is this? Yeah, is I mean, God had answered three very very specific things right. that you, you you can't get away from that, and so God made that very clear. So the next thing is um, began praying about how that was going to take place because you and your family were beginning deputation. Uh, I was still trying to finish up the house that I was building. And um, so, so that that led up to our next uh, our next trip we took in. Uh, you were taking care of some very practical things, living, uh, fi- trying to find a place to live, trying to find a vehicle, and uh, so yeah, we we come back for uh, for that trip in July 2021. Yeah. So, do you feel like was that the time where you where you feel like you you got your your final solid confirmation that this was the place that yeah so so something kind of strange happened in in my heart then um, I was I was not wrestling with coming here I was wrestling with something in, internally and uh, I I got peace about that while we were here last time and so. I'd ha- I'd had the wrong mindset. I'd had the wrong perspective all along. My goal was to get to Africa. It I'd placed that above being faithful to God. If if I had to just really categorize that, I'd I'd made that mistake. And uh, I remember the Lord asked. Well, I say the Lord asking me. In my heart, I remember uh, going through, and uh, I asked myself, you know, what what if what if something happened and I, and I never got to come to Africa. And uh, I just remember struggling with that, and uh, the Lord, the Lord really ministered to my heart, and um, He let me know that I had my priorities mixed up. 
Uh, my goal, anyone else's goal, should always to be faithful to God. Yeah. And whether that places you in Africa, whether that places you in Carthage, Tennessee, or China, uh, our goal should be um, personal with God and not locational. Amen. And so that that wasn't necessarily a confirmation, but that's something that God done in my heart while we were here the, the second time. Well, I, I went through something like that in late 2020, and, and I think that that's a, a great point to make on a program about missions. Missions itself, like like preaching the gospel to the world, is not the end. It, it, it's, it's not the ultimate goal and objective. The ultimate goal and objective is the pleasure of God and the Amen. glory of Jesus Christ. And until we get that settled... Uh, we're really not in a in in a position to do missions faithfully. Amen. Yeah, that's right. So uh, since this time, the the Lord had already fixed it in my mind and heart. The Lord had fixed it in your mind and heart. Um, these things were related uh, quite evidently to to you and I both. But it seemed like we just continually when you're when you're when you're really really keyed in on the will of God and you're and you're walking following his leadership it's just a real joy to see evidence Amen. continue to roll in that you're headed in the right direction yeah uh, i've told the story um about you and i taking a making a short trip over to a missions conference in mississippi while i was on deputation uh, it was an opportunity for you to preach which was a and and you and i both to preach uh, on that sunday to to close out a missions conference but uh, one of the one of the wild things that happened on that trip is that uh, I actually learned the identity of the man that put missions in Zimbabwe on my heart back in two thousand eight. A really really strange uh, occurrence. Yeah, which was the same time that God was dealing with me about missions. Which which you put that together later, which is just a again you, when you when you back up and see the bigger picture, you can see the hand of God in so many things that yes, we sir. just couldn't have imagined. So when the Lord was dealing with me um, about African missions for the very first time and the country of Zimbabwe back in back in December of two thousand eight, that is the same time that the Lord was dealing with you about missions for the first time as a new Christian. Yeah, strange occurrence. <laughs> wow. Wow. To almost like tying the thing off as a, a in with a with a nice bow. Um and then we'll talk a little bit about uh about your survey trip here because this this relates to missions methods and I would like for us to tackle it. But um we also you and I got to be in uh, one more missions conference together. Yeah. <laughs> just, so in, in July of 2021, that's when you and I came here to Zimbabwe where I was trying to take care of some logistical things ahead of our move. And uh, we had a pastor that came with us. Pastor Chris McDonald yeah. uh, came with us. And uh, Brother, Brother McDonald in Grace Bible Church in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, was our first supporting church and he really wanted to have a missions conference it was the first time their church was having a missions conference he had asked me to come and preach the conference for him and i really didn't think that i could do it because we were finished with deputation but uh, i had one week that would work and he said let's do it then and 
that last conference that I was a part of with the first supporting church that we had ended up being your your first missions conference in formally as a presenting missionary and uh yeah that church ended up being your first supporting church as well yeah and so strangely enough this this thing of abraham kind of comes back into play uh brother tim mcdonald brother chris's dad was teaching sunday school over the life of abraham and, and you gave, didn't know that. You no, didn't I didn't know that. Know that. Went to the conference. He he gave out a handout. I, I still got it at the house <clears throat> back home in America. He's he's teaching over the life of Abraham at my first missions conference at my first supporting church. Yeah, that that was another another in, interesting piece. But there's there's one other thing that really, um, that really ministered to my heart and was beyond confirmation. Uh, I had, I, my dad had bought me a Bible when I was, uh, I was probably, I don't know, I was in high school, so I was at least 13 and he bought me a Bible. And so it, you know, I didn't use it a whole lot. Um, I kind of tucked it away. And so my stepmother had actually used it for some time. And this is, this is probably how this, this encounter happened, but I pulled that Bible out. Uh, just a little bit before I think we went to the uh, the missions conference there, and I was getting it out for my daughter Nora, my oldest daughter. I was going to let her use use it, and uh, I'm flipping through it, and it, I turn to the back and I pull these two feet out, and it says like a bookmark, uh, like a bookmark. Yeah, it, it was it was some Sunday school lesson that somebody had done. It wasn't me uh, because I wasn't in children's Sunday school at the time when I had the Bible. And it says, you know, it has two feet, has Genesis 12, 12, one on it. And it says, by faith, when Abraham was called and had his feet. Wow. And so I, that was not a coincidence. Um, out of all the things that could have been left in that Bible from a Sunday school lesson, it was the very, the very thing that God had dealt with me about to get me to the point that I'm at now. Sure. And uh, that's, if I'm ever struggling... I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna pull those feet out. Yeah, and uh, that's that's just a great reminder of the grace of God and the providence of God. I look at I look at these um, those experiences as the some of God's loving kindnesses because it's Amen. not that He owes those those uh, evidences those yeah, kindnesses I, to us. We were coming anyways. Right, yeah. right. It, that wouldn't have changed anything, but. Uh, it is a blessing and a comfort, and and it's uh, it's it's a series of monuments and memorials, so to speak, for for us to erect on the way, just to be uh, encouraged that we are following the Lord. Amen. Now, with that said, we don't ultimately take our cues of obedience to the Lord from whatever whatever these things might be considered these uh, these. Uh, fleeces these signs yeah. these little little pieces of encouragement um they are a blessing but we want to be calculated and we want to be obedient we want to be we want to exercise some wisdom and uh so the last thing i wanted us to to talk about um is this uh this protract what i what i would call, consider a protracted survey trip so i guess the typical survey trips two maybe three weeks um, 
I don't know that it's wise <laughs> to to take just a two week to three week trip. I realize sometimes that's that's it's just necessary. Right. Um, but that's a very little bit of exposure for moving one's family around the world. Um, it's very difficult to get a. a an accurate gauge of what uh, foreign living is going to be like, what uh, yeah. gospel ministry is going to be like, and um, uh, but but that that's that's our reality most of the time. In in your case, um, through through some through some counsel with your pastor, uh, your family decided to take uh, this this trip to to Zimbabwe. So, what were some of the uh, what went into this decision to come and take uh, a longer survey? The Lord, uh, through means of our local church, really provided the ability for us to do this because we have no income, but, <laughs> but we still have bills back home. Yeah, there there are a couple of things that, that, that I really wanted to accomplish while we were here. Uh, one of those was to see, to see a Zimbabwean saved and for me to get to disciple that person, and God has provided that yeah. by, by by means of Paul. Yeah. And so, but in in reality, we have to live, we have to eat. I have children; they have to have school. My wife has to have a place to stay, and so that was one of the main things that that we wanted to do while we were here. And I tried that back in 2020 to get that done in one week, and. I didn't get everything done that we needed to get done when we were in South Africa. So, you know, we've learned some very valuable things uh, because the currency situation here is very volatile. It's very fluid. And so uh, we've learned we've learned things along that. We've learned how we can get cash in. We've learned how we can get access to funds. Um, we've learned what it's going to cost to live here by means of eating. We've, we've learned uh, as far as uh, housing, what that's going to cost. Uh, my wife has has been able to go to stores, to multiple stores, to multiple cities, uh, to see what <clears throat> she is able to get, what what she's able to not get, and so thereby we can better plan when we go back home. Uh, as far as um, things we have access to, and we can be better stewards with what God has given us uh, financially, just to be very practical about it. So those are some of the logistical pieces, but um, just as important, I think, is the uh, especially your wife grew up in Smith County, Tennessee. Lived in the same home her entire life. Wow! So to to be able to come to uh, to Zim and to and to actually build the confidence that you know what we can live here and we and we can live here without without suffering. We, this is a safe this is a safe uh, place for our family. There, there's real value in that. Yeah, too. and we're not spending two or three years back home, and her in her mind wondering, right? What, what if this? What about this? What? A lot of these questions are answered. Yeah, for she her. knows what she's getting into. Yeah, yeah. That there's great value in that, and your family is acclimated so well here. It seems like seems like everybody's done well. Now there are, uh, so there are some definite uh, advantages to taking a. Uh, a protracted survey trip like this, and the Lord has provided. I, I guess it, it's it's probably worth pointing out that um, this is not an easy thing to pull off logistically, though, because if it were not for our local church, 
this just wouldn't even be this wouldn't even be practical. No, it wouldn't be. And it it has been an inconvenience in the short term. Sure. But in the long term it's going to pay off and I think a lot of times practically speaking even in our Christian walk we don't do that. You know, some sometimes it's good to be inconvenienced and this is one of those uh instances. You know, we're inconvenienced for 3 months but it's going to pay off a whole lot in the future. Yeah. Speaking of inconvenienced, one of one of the challenges of uh, coming short term to a to a, a foreign country is the transportation piece, <laughs> yeah. and so uh, our family we had purposed to to uh, purchase a second vehicle upon our, our arrival, and uh, that was a good plan. Yeah, we got the vehicle yesterday, and we've got one more week in the country. <laughs> yeah, but. But that, that's one of the other things as far as our uh, our relationship is concerned. I've kind of gotten to see how I'm going to fit into things. Yeah. And I've gotten to see, and I think we've both gotten to see, that there's more work even in this city than two men can handle. Absolutely. And so that's that's helped me internally some. And another thing is I've got to see men saved. I've got to see them discipled, even Simbarashi. Yeah. And I've got to build relationships with these guys, which is something I wouldn't be able to do in two weeks. Sure. Uh, sure. And so I've I've got some roots planted here already. And so that's I don't need this. I don't I don't have to have that. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna work as hard as I can to get back. But that's a little more motivation to me. Um because we're we're constantly <clears throat> uh in contact with Paul, this guy that I'm talking about the Zimbabwean guy that's gotten saved here. I've got to see the Lord work in these guys' lives. Yeah. And uh, that's not something you can accomplish in a couple of weeks. Sure. Well, and I think that that's not only um, motivation for you to get back here. Uh, I think that it's going to, I think that it should be motivation for local churches to invest in your family because, because, um, you, you've demonstrated that you can make it here. You've demonstrated that you can that you can acclimate to the culture, that you can develop relationships. You actually know what you're getting into. I'm just saying that from for from a uh, supporting church's standpoint, there are probably fewer risks in taking on a man that has had this kind of exposure because uh, there there won't be the same level of surprises. That's not to say that it's going to be a cakewalk when you yeah. when you re-enter here. The Christian life's not like that, right? But but you have mitigated some of the um, what what is sometimes called the the uh, collision course with culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you you know what you're getting into having spent uh, two and a half months in the country, right? And we're we're leaving work that needs to be done. Yeah, and so yeah, there's 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 plenty to do. And uh, we're we're looking forward to getting back. So in our case, where the Lord's put together a team here, um, uh, there have been some benefits in that as well. We've been able to do outreach um, weekly together, which has been a great joy, a great encouragement. It's been a huge help to me um, being able to continually bounce things off of you. Uh, I, I think that it's been mutually beneficial for you and I Amen. to be able to do outreach together. Um, of course, we've got things going on separately, discipling different believers that we've, uh, uh, different people that we've been able to lead to the Lord since since coming here. We've also 
uh, been able, the Lord worked it out, and I've told the story on the podcast, the Lord worked it out, we're able to share a property, which uh, from a logistical standpoint has been advantageous because of the transportation. Right. You've been able to use the vehicle, we've been able to use the vehicle, and sometimes we put our two families, 12 all in all, in the vehicle and uh, go different places together. But it's also it's also been a benefit from the standpoint of, just to be honest, uh, uh, testing and, uh, and, and discovering some boundaries in, in yeah. those, in that working relationship. Amen. Um, you, you we want to work together. We don't want to work on top of each other. So there've been some advantages. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, uh, <laughs> sometimes learning those lessons are a bit painful, <laughs> yeah. um, but they're, but they're necessary and they, they have right. their own benefit. Um, so I think that I think that you and I both have a much better idea now of uh, of how to uh, work the chemistry of that teamwork upon your return. So Amen. I, I I completely agree, brother. I'm so excited about your family coming here. Amen. I can't tell We're, you enough how excited yeah. I am about y'all coming into Zimbabwe. Yes, sir. So with with your survey drawing to a close, you, your departure, your your tickets are purchased. Um, as of this recording, you head back stateside in uh, just over a week. Yes. Um, so, what's the plan? How, what's it been like trying to trying to book meetings while you're in a foreign country? So it's that's been a little bit awkward. Um, We're at eight, eight, it, 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 it eight has, hours it ahead. We're yeah, eight hours ahead. That's that's been a, that's been kind of the the Achilles heel there. I've I've done a lot of my booking by email because of the because of the time difference and because of the the phone issue. You know, not everyone's going to answer this weird Zimbabwean number that's coming through on their phone. <laughs> right. And I don't I don't blame people for that, but <clears throat> the Lord has greatly blessed uh by way of meetings. I think we've got 6 or 7 missions conferences. I have only 3 Sundays left open this year uh that it's that's not booked. A lot of uh, January, February, and March of next year is already, uh, it's it's mostly full at this point. And so my goal is to uh, get deputation done as quickly as possible. I want to be a blessing to the local churches back home. Amen. And um, But I also want to be a good steward <laughs> yeah. of the time and of the money and of the prayers that have been invested. Yeah. And uh, it's I'm not making a road trip out of it. Uh, my goal is to get it done as quickly as possible and to get back here and to do what God has uh, laid on my heart and uh, ours mutually yeah. and to just see what God does in the future here well, in, in the country of Zimbabwe. I, I hope that, that the Lord blesses your, your deputation travels. I hope it's a joy for, for you to be in the churches, to develop those relationships. I hope it's beneficial for your family. But, of course, that's a means to an end. The goal is yeah. to get back here and get to work. And... Uh, as we have learned, there is, there's plenty to do. Tremendous openness to the gospel here. Yes, uh, it's it's been a lot of fun, hasn't it? Amen. I, it's um, I don't know how many people I've come across, and um, you ask them where are you going when you die, and uh, they say I hope heaven, and so then you ask them how do you get there, and I've heard quite a few times, I have no clue. And so that's that's an that's an open door. I, I don't have we we've sat there and you give somebody the gospel for an hour. Yeah, many and, times they'll say, well, "Why don't you tell me? Right? Teach yeah. me. 
Yeah, and they're they're not, you know, they're not just their eyes off in the clouds. They're listening to you because they've never heard this. They don't know what the gospel is. Yeah. And so you give them the gospel, and they're like, oh, now I understand. And so many people have been saved right after that. Just they've never heard what the gospel is and that, yeah. Je- and, and that Jesus Christ died and that they can have deliverance from all the li- the religious bondage that they've had for so many years here. Yeah. I would almost liken it to, to certain fruitful fields that are, that are predominantly Catholic where they, where they believe there's a God. They believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. They believe in heaven. They believe in hell. They believe in the Bible. They but, love the Bible, but nobody's ever shown them. Nobody ever has ever shown them how to be saved or how to be delivered from their religious bondage. Yeah. And I think that the atmosphere here is similar to that. There is a there is a spiritual interest, a spiritual hunger, but people are genuinely ignorant of the truth of the gospel yeah. and the way of salvation, and uh, are very often eager to hear what it takes to be saved. Yes, sir. Yeah. And and we're. Happy to oblige. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great to be a great. part of it. Yeah, one of the first one of the first people that we came across. Oh, you know, another one of those curious things. We got to wind this up, but um, there was a man that it's actually in your presentation video. I think yeah. there's a man that you're talking to in Meekles Park back in 2020. 2020. Oh, yeah. oh, because we that's right. We stopped in here in 2020 when we were here. Yeah. And uh, there's a photo of, of you witnessing to a man in Meekles Park. And then uh, Brother Jeff's guys did some outreach here. And uh, Brother Titus from Solid Rock Baptist Church in Chipingi made contact with the same man. Same man. And we ended up coming across him again. Yeah. When we got here. And these yeah. are some of the, these are just some, that just is uh, illustrative of the fact that there are people that are seeking yeah. And uh and and I think the Lord's got us here because he's seeking them as well. Right. Looking forward to see what the Lord does in, in the country of Zimbabwe. Amen. Appreciate the conversation, Brother Cody. Can't wait for you and your family uh to get back here. Yeah. Thank you, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in today. Once again, if you're interested in learning more about the riches to Zimbabwe, or if you'd like to receive his prayer letters, you may contact him by email at dcrich42 at gmail.com. We're grateful for your prayers for the work here in Zimbabwe, both for our family and the riches. You can subscribe to this program on a variety of different podcasting apps. And if it's been a blessing to you, please feel free to invite others to tune in or rate and review the program wherever you may be listening. I always welcome your feedback. You can contact me, Brother Lee, by email at greatcommissionconversations at gmail.com. Until next time, let's do what we can to preach the gospel in the regions beyond.